Welcome to To Know the Love of Christ. Hello and welcome back to To Know the Love of Christ. If you were with us on the last episode, then you know that we um, covered Mark chapter 7 verses 1 through 23. And in this or in that episode rather, we discuss the traditions and commandments of the Pharisees. And the Pharisees come to Jesus and of course we know that the Pharisees whole goal is to try and trap Jesus. So eventually that they could crucify him because clearly they're jealous of him. And so they come to him and they ask him in this particular uh, passage of scripture why your disciples or apostles are eating with unclean hands. Jesus proceeds to call them hypocrites and he quotes from Isaiah twenty nine thirteen, and pretty much tells them that, look, you guys are hypocrites because, you know, you say one thing and you do another, but also you leave God because you love the tradition of man so much more and we also discussed about how it was really when you think about it Jesus was really insulting them in the most loving way possible and uh, Jesus proceeds to tell them that you know it's not as far as food goes it's not what goes into a man physically because all of the food is expelled and we looked at Acts 10 verses 9 through 16 but it's more it's more about what comes out of the the person's heart and uh, we looked at um, Matthew 7 and, and verse 21. So today, we're going to cover Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 37. And Stephanie is going to go ahead and get us started off. If you have your Bible and you want to follow along with us, we encourage you to go ahead and pause right here, read that passage, and then press play and get back with us. All right. Thank you, Brittany. So today, like Brittany said, we're going to be in Mark 7, verses 24 through 37. So we're going to finish out that chapter. And the two accounts that we'll find in this passage are the Syrophoenician woman's faith and where Jesus heals a deaf man. Verses 24 through 30, we see Jesus coming back to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he was trying to hide. He didn't want anybody to find him. Um, But there was a woman that found him and asked him to heal her daughter. And she wasn't of the Jewish faith. And so there's this really interesting um, exchange between Jesus and the Syrophoenician woman who would be considered a Gentile. And so, I mean, I don't know. I find this account really, I guess, encouraging. And we've already seen, I think we mentioned that before, like just before this, we were talking about what defiles a person. And it said that Jesus declared all foods clean in verse 19. And we'll see that later on again. But also Jesus, like eventually the Gentiles are grafted in. So this is kind of a, I don't know if we want to call it a foreshadowing of that, but I mean something like that. So what did y'all have? Well, Syrophoenician is only used right here. Um, in Mark, she is described as a Greek in the New King James or a Gentile in ESV. You know, both terms at this point in history is synonymous. Um, so she's considered a, a Greek or a Jew. I mean, a, excuse me, a Greek or a Gentile. In Matthew's account, 1522, it says she's a woman of Canaan. So she's a non-Jew, like you said, living in Palestine. 
but she's also a Phoenician. And this is a, an area in the Ro- Roman province, in the Roman Empire. If you look back in Genesis 10, verses 15 through 19, Ham, Noah's sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, Ham's son, Canaan, settled in this part of the land. And um, later Shem's descendants were the Israelites. But Ham's descendants were enemies of the Israelites. She's called Syrophoenician, so she's got Syrian in her as well. So we get more and more narrow in her description. Syrians were always at war with God's people as well. So she's Syrophoenician. So she's Greek or Gentile. She's a Canaanite. She's a Syrophoenician, which is even more distinguished from the Phoenicians. And she's a woman. So she's got all these check marks against her. But as we're going to read, you know, he does, he sort of insults her. <laughs> you know, I, you know, your first reading, you think, wow, that was pretty harsh. But he's trying to draw out her faith. And it goes to show that he is not a, um, a respecter of persons. Everyone is, is equal in his eyes. Because she's got, all, like I said, she's got all these things against her. But he, she is one of two Gentiles that Jesus compliments because of their faith. Her and the centurion. So I thought that was pretty fascinating. Yeah. This would have been considered one of like the gravest and most common insults that would been would have been said back then. But Jesus doesn't really mean it as an insult so much as an analogy. Because even while dogs were scavengers in the well-to-do households like the Greeks they would have had pets so he's basically saying like you wouldn't feed the pets before you feed the children obviously but I mean a lot of people would have taken that offensively whether he meant it that way or not I mean Um, I have a pet and I'm like wow that's pretty harsh right but I mean and this I think really um shows like how desperate parents are for their children like how much you can see the love for her child here because she comes back at him like yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs um I don't know that I would have said that to Jesus I probably would have like a dog hung my head between my tail Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) and been like not between my tail between my legs legs. yeah (laughs) um tucked my tail and ran like oh he said no like I would have cried over it but I mean, you know, as a parent, I would like to think that I would have stayed and fought for my kid. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I understand that. But please, 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 pretty please with a cherry on top. Right. You know, um, and then like you said, he commended her for her faith. And she went home and her child was lying in bed with the demon gone. I mean, I love I love when we see when Jesus isn't there. Like just knowing his power and like as we get through this account and then Um, In some of the future episodes, we're going to see, you know, his power in the way that he heals. It's so amazing. Yeah. All right. Do you guys have anything else on the Syrophoenician woman? Yeah. I was just thinking about what y'all were saying. And um, I won't cover it too much because I think Stephanie did. But, you know, Dee, you were talking about how you have um, a dog or pets. And we don't have any pets. Um, We love animals. But, you know, we're just, we're not 
big pet people like that. But it was really interesting when we would take our take these mission trips to um, Nicaragua and Peru and Panama and the dog down there is the the common animal that you see everywhere. I mean, they just wander the streets almost like stray cats. You know, Jesus, like we know eventually he's he's going to allow the gospel to be preached to everybody. And we already see that. But at first he's like, hey, I'm really not here for you right now. I'm I'm here for my children. I'm here for my chosen people, the Israelites. Like, I'm not really here for you right now. So go on about your business. Yeah, just the the faith that she had and realizing it's almost like she she realizes like, look, I know you're not really here for me. I know I'm crossing all these different barriers. I'm a Greek. I'm a Gentile. I'm a woman. You really shouldn't even be talking to me. I just want a piece of what you have. I'm I'm not asking for for all of you. You know, I just I just want a piece of what you're offering. And not only do I want a piece of what you're offering, but it's not even for me, Lord. I'm coming to you on behalf of my my child. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so, and also when you read and you try and use your imagination, the fact that she begged him, you know, and I just kind of wonder, like, what did that begging look like? She refuses to give up. And I think, um, I think that's a great thing. And then also the fact that she did it for her child. And um, you see the parallel here between Jesus and, and this woman. Jesus is our brother you know, God the Father and different things of that nature as well. But the way that she's fighting for her child, as you continue to read, you see that that is how Jesus fights for us, too. Yeah, and I like how you brought it up about her faith and how she just needed a piece. I mean, we we see this throughout a lot of the accounts that we've been through already. You know, if I just touch the hem of his garment, you know, or if you just say mm-hmm. the word, you don't even have to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they'll be healed. And that's what she's saying. She's saying, if you, if you just give me a fraction, a small, the smallest fraction of your power, if you'll just bestow that on her, It'll that'll come. take care of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like like you said, she knew that you didn't need the full, like, I don't need you to be there. I don't need everything. I just need, and that shows a lot of faith. You know, we've talked, I think we've talked about it on here, about the mustard seed a yeah, little we bit. Have. Yeah, and we it's have, like that, the faith of a mustard seed. I'd say she definitely had that faith. Yeah, well, that's when I learned a mus- the mustard seed in the Bible. Was yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. The tree. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> Not the greens. All right, well, um, <laughs> let's move on then to Jesus healing the deaf man. So Jesus comes back into the region of the Decapolis, which I don't know that I ever knew what that meant, but apparently that's ten cities. Yes, because Deca means ten. Yes. But it's way out in the wilderness. Did Is you know it? that? No. It's like no. on the east side of the Jordan. I geeked out again on the maps. I pulled oh, out the maps. You're like, so good with maps. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, then I'll let you you handle that here in a second. Um, and it said that they, meaning I'm assuming they as a crowd, uh, brought him a deaf man and begged him to lay hands on him. And he took him aside privately and basically worked a miracle. And then, of course, once he was done, like he does typically, he begged them not to tell. And I loved it because here it said, but the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure. So, all right, Dee, tell us about the maps. <laughs> well, he goes first, you know, he goes from where he is in the Tyre and Sidon area. And he goes north first. Um, because it, 
in Matthew's account, it gives us a little more details as far as where he went. But he went north and then east to, and then south in order to go towards um, the Decapolis area. It, I read one commentary that said it seems as though he was trying to avoid Herod's region because he went right around it when he could have easily gone right through it to oh. Decapolis. Interesting, Which we knew huh? Herod was looking for him at one point. I yeah, and it's after John's death, yeah. and so it's hmm. it's believed that he possibly it's an interesting was interesting yeah. possibility there. Yeah. And now this is where I really really geeked out. Okay, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so he had to. Decapolis was southeast of Galilee, across from the Sea of Galilee, across from the Jordan at that area. So he had to have crossed over a mountain range walking, okay? Now, it's 25 miles from the city of Tyre to Sidon, 50 miles. Now, this is all approximate. This is like, you know, I got my ruler, looked at the scale kind of thing, okay? <laughs> like really geeky. Elementary stuff. <laughs> exactly. Um, and approximately 50 miles from Sidon to the Sea of Galilee. And then another... 10 plus miles around the Sea of Galilee because in Matthew says he skirted the Sea of Galilee so he went right along the edge of the Galilee so I'm saying 10 plus miles that's like from the top of the Sea of Galilee down to the southern part of the sea so that's approximately over 85 miles that Mm -hmm. he traveled on foot now the average man (laughs) I'm telling you I geeked the average man walks Anywhere from two to five miles a day. That's flat land, you know, it's nice steady pace. So you're looking at probably closer to the five mile, maybe higher range. No, lower range, excuse me, two miles a day. Because like I said, he had to go over mountain ranges and everything else. So it would have taken him over a month for sure, possibly closer to two months to get from Tyre all the way to Decapolis. We have nothing recorded there of what he did. You know, as far as we know, he went from the Gentile show in her faith all the way to the Decapolis in, you know, a sentence. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas it's closer to probably two months. So you kind of wonder what he's doing, what he's saying, what he's teaching, what people he's meeting along the way, if he's meeting along the way. You know, if it's on the mountain range, you know, he's probably praying a lot. Yeah. Teaching them how to pray. So they get they got this one-on-one time with him for two months. I mean, of course, three years. But when, in, you know, yeah. this two months of travel time. So that was my little geeky part of Decapolis. <laughs> now, Decapolis also is the same area where he uh, got rid of the demon legion. Okay. Hmm. Well, okay. Yeah. now, if you keep that in mind... Of course, it's going to be the next episode, but <laughs> but keep that in mind as far as what's going to happen for where we are yeah. in the Decapolis. And here I am just thinking about how his calves were probably swole. <laughs> I was thinking, man, that's a lot of walking. That's a lot of walking. He a lot had to of have hiking. some strong legs. <laughs> no joke, huh? No kidding. Oh. All right. Well, now that we have geeked out on the maps, um, what do y'all see just from the account? Well, you know, um, and this is me being really weird. Um, 
first of all, in this account, when when Jesus, um, I was trying to understand this. So he puts his fingers into the 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 deaf man's ear, right? And then after spitting, touches tongue. I, did Jesus spit or did the man spit? Jesus spit, right? I believe so. Um, and yeah, the only Jesus, reason I believe that is because, from what I could find culturally speaking, spit was often used in cures. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, see something that that is something that I didn't know because I remember when we had the blind man. Well, not in this account, but in in the Bible, uh, the blind man, and then Jesus makes this this spittle. Yeah. With the spit in the sand, and then he puts it over his eyes. And so even here, I was kind of thinking, like, every time I read that account, I kind of get grossed out because Amen. it's like, Ugh. <laughs> I mean, I know it's Jesus. I mean, I know you're capable of all things, but, like, do we really have to do it this way? Is there another way? You know, yeah. it just seems kind of weird to me sometimes. I'm freaked out by spit anyway. <laughs> I just, I don't like spit. I have been, <laughs> I have been spit on before by accident, and it takes everything in me to maintain my composure. Mm-hmm. So, but especially yeah. after he just told the woman that the child would be healed and didn't have to do anything. But yet he's yeah. going to spit on this man. Yeah, we, yeah now we're going to... Okay, I'm fine with you putting your fingers in my ear, albeit it's probably a little weird because I can't hear. I can't. You know, it's the, the method in which Jesus chooses to heal people always amazes me. It's just a reminder that you really don't have the final say like we think we do at the end of the day it's all jesus it's all him and he does it by what he feels is best for us and i'm just always amazed at the different ways that he chooses um to heal people yeah it made me think about naaman you know how naaman was told in second kings five to dip seven times and in the jordan river which was not clean and so, I mean, I know I've heard that a million times as a child and an adult, like, we like to think like, why wouldn't you let me dip somewhere else, like somewhere with clean water? Um, but this might have tested that man's faith and his trust mm-hmm. in Jesus. Like, am I really going to let this guy put spit on me? But like I said, it was common practice back then to use spittle, as they say, <laughs> um, for healing. And I also think because he can't hear, it's not like Jesus could well, Jesus could do anything. But I mean, if we're just going by rules of nature, laws of nature, Jesus wouldn't have been able to tell him what he was doing. And so this may have been like, this is just me thinking, so I could be wrong on this too. But this would have been something that the man could see him doing. And it would have made sense to him. This is part of a healing. Like he's mm-hmm. going to heal me now mm-hmm. because he can't, he did say the one word and that was in Aramaic. And from what I found in the background commentary, it said that, you know, a lot of magicians that would have done healings and things, you know, um, they would have done a bunch of wild gestures and I think kind of babbled. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, unintelligible phrases. But Jesus spoke Aramaic, which would have been known to most people, Jewish or Gentile, in the Syria-Palestine area. Um, And it was common in those villages and rural areas. And so everything he did made it clear to people what he was doing here. But it's still Mm -hmm. disgusting. And I think it would have definitely, because my thing isn't the spit. I'm like, okay, I get the spit, but like he touched his tongue. Like, (laughs) I mean, 
I get grossed out. I love my husband. I love kissing my husband. When I think about the, fa- you know, that, that phrase swap and spit, like, no, thank you. I hate that phrase. It's disgusting. You know, like, I don't mind kissing. Like, let's just not think about the, the, the biology and like all the gross germs and stuff that's happening right now. Um, but I guess, I mean, you know, it's Jesus's spit. So, I mean, is there any better spit to have on your tongue? I guess. I guess I don't I still don't want the spit I still don't but yeah it would it would have been um for me it would have pushed me to a certain point to to stand there still and let it happen maybe you know Jesus is always trying to draw out people's faith Mm -hmm. so it could have been Jesus's way of drawing out this man's faith Mm -hmm. look Mm -hmm. I'm gonna spit and I'm gonna touch you if you're gonna gross out then you're not gonna get healed you're right yeah but I mean look at his response like even though we're talking about this spit and how disgusting that is, and then you touching my tongue and stuff. It's like, all right, Lord. But at the same time, it's like he's they're they're excited. Jesus tells them, hey, don't tell anyone. And it's like the more Jesus told them not to say anything, the more they revved up. Like, yeah. and so just imagine he's going around like he can speak and he can hear now. And not only is it that Jesus healed me, but I'm pretty sure he's going to tell people about how he was healed too. You know, he put his fingers in my ears and then he spit and he touched my tongue and now I can hear and I can talk. And it's just like, Oh, I know. Which like I said, I mean, I know to us it's gross, but back then it would have been normal. Like they used urine and dung from animals in healings, like cures back then tinctures and stuff like gross some uh, yeah there's a lot of gross yeah. stuff historically and i speaking. guess that's where for me it's kind of a you know i didn't know that we were just using spit as a common herb <laughs> yeah there is a, there's a really fascinating book that was written i think by a week in the life of a greco-roman woman i've read that yes yeah. and there's that's you didn't remember good. that from that she mentions it she's pregnant the main character in that book and it's historical <laughs> fiction but it i mean it's heavy on culture it is a very good book yeah. um i can't remember who wrote that i would highly recommend that book um for just kind of history geeks like me um, <laughs> and dean i'm a map geek yeah but you're also a history <laughs> geek um, well, while you're looking that up, I yeah, it's by notice, Holly Beers. Okay, go ahead. Notice what they say is he has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. These were specific miracles to Jesus. You know, Isaiah thirty-five five and six list out that the Messiah, the Christ, would, could only heal the deaf and the blind, yeah. and the mute, yeah. and the lame. <laughs> but, yeah, but they were specific to him. None, none of the other quote-unquote magicians right. could do that right all right so do you guys have anything else to add about the healing here no mm-hmm. no all right then we are good to move on to our question that we love to ask where do you see the love of christ d i see it in verse 37 when it says he has done he has done all things well and so he he draws us to him and he draws out our faith in him. He drew out the woman's faith and the faith, I think, in the deaf, deaf man because it shows in his zealousness. Is that a word? In his zealous way of about him? Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, it, his you know, zeal. His, oh, yeah, there you go. His zeal. So, you know, he just, he, I mean, I, he could talk. 
So he's going to tell everyone now that he can hear and talk. Yeah, and those with him, too, because it says they. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, Brittany. Um, I saw in the Syrophoenician woman and the, the, um, the account that she and Jesus had, you know, and once again, I love seeing Jesus's compassion because it reminds me of the compassion that he has on me. And prayerfully, I can learn to put that into practice and have compassion on other people as well or show compassion to other people as well. But the fact that, you know, she knew Jesus wasn't there for her, you know, like, I know that you're coming to the Israelites. I know I'm crossing all types of barriers coming to you and begging you to heal my child. But at the end of the day, like, I just want a piece of you. I just want a piece of what you have to offer so that you can heal my child for me. And then I will just go my way. You know, I, I won't, I won't be a bother to you. And you know, Jesus tells her, you know, this statement, you, because of what you said, you know, go your way and the demon has blessed your daughter. And so it's just like, I just love that account. I, I think it's beautiful. It's very touching to me. And, you know, it just, it just continually shows me who Jesus is and the God of heaven that we truly serve, you know, so. Right. And I saw it as well in the Syrophoenician woman account, um, for me, it's the fact, well, I guess the foreshadowing, you know, because as far as I know, I am not of Jewish descent. I could be, but I really, I don't have anything in my family background that I've found, not that I've looked extensively, um, that indicates that I'm Jewish at all. But when I think about it, just, I mean how beautifully, and we studied this in Ephesians, God wove this tapestry for us. You think back to Abraham's um, covenant with God and the promise to Abraham back in Genesis twenty-two eighteen 18, that all nations would be blessed, which indicated, you know, not just the Jewish nation. And then you get to Romans 1, 16, that talks about the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And we know that... Um, Galatians 3.29, if you're Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And I just love how God made it possible for all of us, that it's not just to the Jewish nation, but it's to everyone because of Christ. And that is where I see his love. All right, so that does it. Um, we are so glad that you joined us today. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us and we will study with you or we can connect you to someone local. As always, we hope that you seek to know the love of You can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. We would love to hear from you. And be sure to click like and share this episode with family and friends. In doing so, you're sharing the love of Christ.